Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, welcome back to the Established Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. Uh, I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And uh, we are here to look at uh, week 12 of the NFL season, uh, our usual weekly recap. And Dylan, uh, I, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we start recording, but this I you could probably put up there for my money was probably one of the most boring weeks of the NFL season we've had thus far. And and I don't mean this in a sense that, you know, there was good action. But when you look around at the scores and actually saw these games, there were either a lot of blowouts or there were just ugly, ugly games that didn't feature a lot of offense. And you combine that together, uh, aside from, I guess, really one game, like, there really wasn't anything this week that you just said, oh, my gosh, what a week of NFL action. No, absolutely. Like you're talking about, yeah, that Panthers-Saints game was the one you pointed out before we started recording. was, you know, a great game back and forth, a lot of exciting stuff. The games we were looking forward to the most uh, didn't really provide a ton of action. If you love defense, uh, it might have been your, it was your day. But even then, there was a lot of times where it was just some sloppy play from some of these teams that we expect more of. So, yeah, I think – the morning games like you said not a lot of drama I think there's some surprising outcomes but overall at at the very least you and I did pretty well in our picks I know we we missed a couple but overall it wasn't a a bad day for us but I still wish you know hopefully over the next few weeks the action picks up and maybe uh, the Monday night game tonight between the Ravens and Rams will provide a little more action yep it will because you will be in attendance (laughs) and uh, anytime you're in the building uh, guaranteed to be a classic. So, oh, yeah. um, again, look for Dylan in the uh, the uh, Lamar Jackson jersey. He'll be the one wearing Lamar Jackson <laughs> wearing a, jersey. I'm actually wearing an Isaac Bruce jersey at the moment, but maybe I'll have to flip one beforehand. <laughs> Isaac Bruce. Well, the Rams may need Isaac Bruce tonight uh, in this game, so we'll see. We'll get to that uh, later on. All right, let's start with a Thursday night game. As usual, we don't spend a lot of time on this one since several days are removed. The Colts and the Texans. Um, the Texans, as we expected, we both picked them 20-17. to 17, They win this game. 
uh, DeAndre Hopkins, two touchdowns. Um, Jonathan Williams, who was a fantasy waiver wire darling a week ago, uh, he rushes for over 100 yards, had a touchdown. But, uh, again, this is exactly what you expected. As we said so many times, uh, these two always play close games. You know it's going to go down to the wire. Uh, that's what happened here. Again, not really a thrilling game, I guess. Um, you know, a little bit of sloppy play on both sides. But a second, you know, a second-time divisional game, we expect it to be sort of a grinded-out uh, type of game. And that's what you got here with the Texans and the Colts. Yeah, Yeah, these two teams definitely really – uh, matched pretty well both games they've played this season now have come right down to the wire Houston you know evening up the series if the te- Colts had gotten a 2-0 series sweep of the Texans that could have gone a long way to them winning the division I still think they have a shot with some of the games these teams have left but for Houston it, it kind of just came down to Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins they're two superstars kind of taking over Will Fuller also made some miraculous catches and overall I mean just two solid maybe not on the top of the AFC but I, I think both these teams that got hot enough you could see them making a move especially the Texans with Deshaun Watson he was so fun to watch as always um, I think for fantasy wise if you if you picked up Jonathan Williams and played him that worked out pretty well for you he had a great game and the Colts still able to run the ball even without Marlon Mack uh, surprised a little bit they didn't pass a little bit better against uh, Houston secondary they really stepped up and played pretty well on that end so for this game yeah uh, in terms of who uh, we see as a better Super Bowl contender, I, I suppose possibly the Texans, just because, like we, like I'm saying, Deshaun Watson c- kind of has that it factor in terms of getting the job done. But still, you see some holes in both teams, and uh, definitely not a perfect football game by any means. No, it wasn't. But uh, big win for the Texans. They move uh, ahead of the pack there. That's what they wanted uh, here to to stay ahead of the Colts and uh, another team we'll get to here in a minute. So, yeah, big win uh, for Deshaun Watson and company as they start to make that playoff run uh, here down the stretch. Uh, The next game, uh, I guess, you know, one of these teams trying to make a playoff run. The Browns uh, beat the Dolphins 41-24. to We were a little hesitant. Neither one of us made it our lock of the week. We said we just don't trust the Browns to cover that 10.5-point spread. Well, ultimately, they won 41-24, to although it was a little bit interesting late. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick tried to, to work his magic there. But Jarvis Landry, it was his game. Uh, his former team, this is what he wanted. He wanted to show out. He had 10 receptions, 148 yards, two touchdowns. Baker Mayfield looked good, but uh, so have a lot of other people against the Dolphins. As we said, Dylan, we've said this for several weeks now. Don't be surprised if the Browns start winning games and find themselves back in the playoff picture just because their schedule is what it is. And uh, here's another case of beating a bad team. Yeah, and absolutely. With some of the other results, we'll get to that the last wild card spot, and even uh, even both, we'll see what happens with the Bills. But really, that last wild card spot in the AFC is really is up for grabs at this point. And now the Browns are only like you're saying a game out. It's crazy to say, and you look at the schedule, and it lines up pretty well. They do have that tough game against the Ravens in Week 16, but they did thoroughly beat Baltimore the first time around. So, and they'll be at home this one. So, yeah, it's uh, I don't, again, I don't know what we learn really from this game for Cleveland. Uh, like you said, a lot of other teams have played really well against the Dolphins that's not shocking I mean but it is still good from a a perspective of we haven't really seen this team clicking like that in that first half so and from that angle I guess uh, there is some optimism you can take from it we'll see what they do that's gonna be a really rough and brutal game with Pittsburgh given all the everything that happened just a week ago it's crazy they're gonna be (laughs) playing each other just two weeks off of that (laughs) but if they if they're able to win that one it lines up pretty well depending what other teams do now they still have that like again that Ravens game but Otherwise, this schedule looks great for them, and it's it's kind of the pieces are falling around them in terms of other teams not getting the job done like they might want to. 
Yep, uh, you'll take it if you're a Browns fan. Uh, the way the season started and uh, the struggles, uh, you know, trying to build some momentum, and they're doing it right now, and they've got a chance to, to keep it rolling, like you said, a, game, a highly anticipated game uh, against the Steelers, uh, which, you know, could ultimately decide the playoffs for both of those mm-hmm. teams. So uh, we'll see how it unfolds there in Week 13 and the rematch there between those two. Oh, boy, this next one. Um, mm. I guess if – you know, we could if we, if we if we often used expletives on this podcast, we would probably throw it at the Falcons more than any other team. Uh, but we don't. We're we're nice gentlemen, and uh, the Falcons are back. They are back in full form as the Bucks win thirty-five to twenty-two, pretty much proving that uh, those two weeks for the Falcons where they were dominant on defense. Uh, was not the case here and and somehow it wasn't the case Jameis threw an interception on his first pass and <laughs> I don't know like he has to hold the NFL record for most interceptions on like first pass of a game like I just I assume <laughs> that he holds the record for this but guess what it doesn't it didn't really matter because I mean he ends up throwing for 313 yards three touchdowns Chris Godwin did whatever he wanted um, it looked like the old Falcons defense again, and, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter either way. Um, you know, the Bucks aren't going to make the playoffs. The Falcons aren't going to make the playoffs. But this has to be disappointing for the Falcons just because they did have all this momentum. Yeah, I've, I've, from the Falcons' point of view, it's, it's tough to really dive into. If you walk, watch the other two games, it's like watching a completely different team. I don't know. I know like any given week a team can really come out and play their best game, but it's just it's really hard to see a team that looks so different from one week to the next. It's uh, it's really, for a Falcons fan, I mean, at this point now, you know you're not going to get in the playoffs. You don't have any hope thinking like, wow, if we played like those two weeks all year, what could we have done? No, this is the real Falcons. I think we didn't see the real Falcons for a couple of weeks there, and they're back to their old selves. But from Tampa Bay's perspective, uh, I mean, they're also not really uh, in the, a factor in the playoff race. This game just made me kind of think about what Chris Godwin and Mike Evans would look like on another on other teams that are contenders. Those guys are yeah. absolute studs. I know Mike Evans' numbers in this game weren't nearly on the same level of Godwin's, but you, you see what the attention the other teams can put to Evans, and then Godwin just rips apart everyone else. It's it's fun to watch. He's been just so phenomenal for them, and for the Tampa Bay, a team that you know, as we've talked about a few times, a few things bounce their way. Maybe they are kind of in that playoff race, but they have too many other flaws on defense. They got the job done here, um, uh, but when anytime you have a guy like Jameis Winston, yeah, he, he tops the twenty interception account uh, for the season. I think he had his 100th career turnover too so a couple great milestones there for Jameis uh, you know did have some <laughs> good moments as we've seen with him throughout his career but other times still like you said that first pick it's like it just feels like that, that kind of thing is always going to be there and there as long as that's the case I'm not really sure how much you can rely on the guy even if he's scoring 35. Like I I'm sure someone has to stay out and I may be wrong on this but I think I I know just watching three different games this year. I think he's thrown an interception on his first pass in three separate games this year. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did in the game in London. He did against the Falcons, and there was another one I'm forgetting. Uh, I could be wrong, but that it just feels that way. Or maybe mm-hmm. just the first possession. I don't know, but uh, yes, that's. Uh, but hey, he bounced back, got the win here, and I know everyone wanted us to revisit this, so let's revisit the scoring between these two teams. So now, in six of the last seven between these two, I'm I'm, I'm back on Pro Football mm-hmm. Reference here. The winning team has scored at least 31 points now in six of the last seven games that these two teams have played. Both teams have scored at least 20 points in every game that's the last seven. So if you took the over like we told you to, it's a lock. 
Every single time these teams play, it's a lock to take the over. It's going to hit. Uh, that's just the way it works with the Falcons and the Bucks, apparently. So uh, there you go. So whenever they play again, which uh, I don't think is going to be in the playoffs, um, <laughs> it, it will be. Let's see. So they, they play week they still 17. Play. Yeah, I was going to say. So they play again. Yeah, I was going to say. I knew it was 16 or 17. So uh, whatever it is. Um, but neither one's going to be playing for a playoff spot, so you're not going to have starters resting, I don't think. Um, so you should have full strength and bet the over on that. We don't even know what it is yet, but go ahead and take it now. Um, all right, my lock of the week actually worked out pretty well, and uh, that was the Bills and the Broncos. The Bills, 20-3 to against the Broncos. Dylan, it was exactly what, kind of what we expected in this game. We said it was going to be low scoring. Uh, I think it was, it was the over-under started at 35 or something, and sure enough, it wound up 23, uh, the total points scored in this yeah. one. And it really was exactly what we said. I mean, it was Cortland Sutton just could not do a whole lot against this Bills defense. And when Cortland Sutton can't get anything going, um, you know, that's the Broncos aren't going to score points. And uh, we saw it here. This was sort of your usual Bills type of game. Uh, They didn't run away with it and win this game by 30 or anything, but they just grinded out another win. And here they are, your 8-3 and Buffalo Bills, Dylan. They are ready for the playoff march. Yeah, I saw their first time they've been 8-3 since 1996, so that's exciting for Bills fans. The weather was uh, did not look pretty, but the, the, the crowd was full and very energized. It's such a fun place that when you're watching the games on TV to be uh, nicely in your office here in Southern California with, <laughs> with the temperature set to 72 degrees. But no, it, the Bills' defense, I think you have to be encouraged by what they did. I'm surprised the Broncos didn't stick to trying to run. I know they fell behind kind of, I mean, it wasn't like a blow-up by any means, but every time they ran with Lindsey and Freeman, they were averaging over five yards a carry between those two guys so they only ran a total of 15 times i'm not sure what that game plan was from denver having brandon allen try to throw as much as he did it did not work out the bills defense was all over it there wasn't much to do on the flip side i do think you have a little more promising performance of josh allen i know it wasn't he doesn't surpass 200 yards throws a pick still but overall we've seen him struggle at so many points this year and this denver defense for everything they've struggled with as a team has been a pretty solid unit so to still put up 20 points i mean with the bills defense if it's playing at the top of its game that's the kind of they're going to be their formula to get the job done um I, they ran the ball 47 times i don't know if they're going to be able to do that against every team but that gives them a shot against some of the the top of the afc teams like we talk about the chiefs and patriots kind of struggling at times to defend the run they're going to have that formula down if the defense can play like this buffalo hey i mean eight and three that we'll see what happens over the next few weeks but now they got with some of the other results a two-game lead over all these teams that are tied for that last uh, afc wildcard spot they're in a really good place right now they just got to keep cruising, and make sure they beat the teams they should beat and we'll see it's going to be a really fun game on thanksgiving i think with the cowboys Yep, it will. Big game for both teams, but uh, quickly going back to what we said about Cortland Sutton, I mean, he had one reception for 27 yards, and he was targeted eight times. I mean, the MVP of this game was Tredavious White, who Uh just completely shut him down, and um, that shows you. I mean, the Bills can do that. You know, you get in the playoffs, and you got a guy like that who can shut down you know, a top receiver, which we've seen him do it a lot mm-hmm. this season. It's just uh, that gives you an advantage, man, and you don't have to score 35 a game if you can, uh, you know, limit the other team's top weapon. Yeah. Just so. imagine if they never let Stephon Gilmore get away to the Pats. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, they would be uh, – yeah, it's it's crazy because, uh, you know, yes, their offense is still going to have some inconsistencies, but, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, – if they can keep doing this on defense, uh, they are in a good spot uh, without a question. So, um, speaking of offenses that are just – fantastic um it was not these two the bears <laughs> and the giants uh the bears win this game and uh this was you talk about ugly 19 to 14 uh the bears win and i don't know what do you say here <laughs> i mean 
Saquon Barkley, as we've said, is just really still not himself. And when that's the case, you just – I mean, the Giants, Evan Ingram's still out. There's just – you know what you're getting here. The Bears defense has been good enough to where it was going to be challenging for the Giants. But still, the Bears offense, I know they exploded for 19 points, but – there's just still so many things that you look at here and and they're five and six uh it really felt like they were in danger of losing this game you know they did have that great third quarter which really helped but i don't know i this doesn't change my opinion about the bears at all i don't think anyone beating the giants giants haven't won since the mets i saw that stat the last time the mets won a game the giants also won a game went back in (laughs) september so it's been a while since that team has put a victory up on the board so for the bears yeah i mean all the same questions we've had their their defense was solid enough but at the same time you saw some of these fourth down plays that they were able to get done again and uh for like daniel jones and, and finding guys open so the bears defense wasn't you know it's still not necessarily on the level as it was last year and it, it needs to be on a, even a higher level given the state of their offense trubisky this is one of the worst secondaries in the nfl and the giants still you know he got some things done but these guys were running open there weren't there were a couple throws that were like okay you know that's that's solid like you know these aren't what we've seen from you all year but at the same time the consistency is not there over the course of a game or a season they still can't run the ball well which against the Giants is really concerning if the Bears running game can't get going as we've talked about many times they can't really do much as an offense overall so they're scheduled uh, you know five and six there's a few games behind the playoffs now it's still with the Vikings Packers tied at the top of that division and um, you still got the Seahawks and with two losses right there so it's going to be a really really difficult path to get to the playoffs I don't see it happening I don't think um, for the Bears fans really they, they expect it to happen I think they're already looking forward to next season what quarterback they're going to have because it's pretty brutal at this point yeah, I think the Bears fans would be fine with them losing out and, um, you know, just trying to, to figure things out in the offseason. No, obviously, Bears fans don't want them to lose, but uh, you get what I'm saying. It's a situation mm-hmm. where they just, yeah, they understand that even if they were to make the playoffs, even if they made a miraculous run, it's just that there's only so much they're going to be able to do. Like, they're yep. just, they're not a Super Bowl team because they don't have an offense, and uh, that's a problem. So, uh, we'll see what happens there uh, the rest of the season for the Bears. Uh, this next game was also not pretty. Uh, we should just hashtag this entire episode not pretty because uh, the Steelers, 16 to 10 winners against the Bengals, who uh, are now feeling really good about themselves because they are pretty much set for that number mm-hmm. one pick. Uh, in the draft uh, unless they decide to you know reel off a lot of wins here it looks like Andy Dalton's gonna be back at quarterback so you never know but uh, I don't see that happening the Steelers didn't play well Uh, Mason Rudolph got benched for Devlin Hodges Uh, Benny Snell got all the carries for Jalen Samuels owners like myself in fantasy are wondering what in the world just happened um but I mean what do you what do you say about this game the Steelers have now beaten the Bengals whatever a million times in a row um this was not pretty but it was a huge win just like we said for the Steelers because now they move to six and five uh and on another positive step uh, towards making the playoffs for them yeah, this game uh, proved some Steeler fans correct on Twitter that for the last few weeks have really been saying, you know, is Duck Hodges better than Mason Rudolph? Probably, and sure, yeah. <laughs> he got him. He got the job done better, and uh, we'll see now. Uh, for I know the Browns want Mason Rudolph to start, given everything that happened last week, but it's, it seems like this is Hodges' job at the moment. I'd be surprised uh, after yeah. what you know, even even though it's only five for eleven, he still got the game-winning score. Still didn't enough things where it actually seemed a little more competent finding guys open. So. Uh, for the Steelers, uh, you can't play like this and expect to really be anyone else. It makes it a little more frustrating for as a Rams fan, for given what they just did to the Rams a couple. Of-
couple weeks ago. The defense for the Steelers still got the job done, but didn't you know didn't look overly dominant like we've seen in some of these other games. It's still Ryan Finley. It's uh, you know not forcing as many turnovers as you'd like against that Bengals unit, and that's why the Bengals are able to stay in the game. Another week where the Bengals they keep covering though. I mean we we keep talking about them <laughs> as yeah. a team that you know they can't get the wins, but uh, if you're looking at their uh, against the spread, they're they're having a decent year. So good for them. They got the one, number one pick coming up. Uh, like you said, uh, I'm not sure how much longer Andy Dalton. You know he'll maybe play out this year, but after that, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they go for one of these quarterbacks or if they mm-hmm. also resort to uh, one of these free agent guys like we're kind of talking about with the Bears. Yeah, I mean, look, if they draft Joe Burrow, I mean, he's I mean, here's the thing: the Bengals have weapons on offense. We we've said this. They need before. to invest I mean, in their they, line. <laughs> yeah, they've just they've got to have to be able to protect the quarterback and. Um, they've got to have consistency at quarterback. So it, it will be interesting to see if they go that route because it seems like Joe Burrow's the guy uh, everyone's going to be looking at. Um, and, you know, with, with Tua's injury and all that. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Like you said, they, they may go the free agency route and, and try to sure up another spot, maybe go on the line. We'll see. But uh, not happening this year. Maybe they're keeping the spread close so they don't want to be accused of tanking. So you got to give them that. Uh, but they're doing a pretty good job, 0 11. And uh, I will I'll sort of pat myself on the back for that one because I did say going into the season, I said the Bengals and the Dolphins are clearly the two worst teams in the NFL, it seemed like. Uh, I think I threw the Broncos in that category, but that's been a little bit off. But, uh, yeah, not good for the Bengals. So, uh, uh, all right, this next game, again, like we said earlier, this was uh, the game of the week easily. There was no other game, really, that even got close to touching this game. The Saints, 34, the Panthers, 31. Um, this was a great game. I mean, it was. It was, uh, and it was even greater when you compared it to all the other games that were going on. Uh, Drew Brees was fantastic. Uh, DJ Moore had a big game for the Panthers, and really, you know, the Panthers had their chances. But when you miss field goals, as we know, it can change a game, and that missed field goal uh, pretty much flipped the momentum completely. The Saints, as they always do, Michael Thomas. Uh, does everything. I mean, what else can you say about this guy? No one can touch him. No one can cover him. Uh, and he just kept stepping up time and time again. Uh, big win for the Saints. Keeps them on track there at 9-2. and two. Uh, For the Panthers, uh, you got to be frustrated because yeah. this was a chance to move to 6-5, and five, you know, firmly in the playoffs race. Uh, and now probably going to be a little bit tougher to get there. Yeah, really frustrating stretch here. I mean, you have two close road losses to contending teams in the Packers and Saints sandwiched by sandwiched, you know, in the middle there is that loss to the Falcons, which as we talked about, that Falcons team is not going to be there every week. If the Panthers played like this, I have to believe they still would have gotten the job done against Atlanta, but who yeah. knows? Um, but it was yeah, like you said, it was easily the the most fun game, most exciting game. Kyle Allen's the only quarterback that it seems like in the NFL that's from an opposing team that just seems to go off whenever he plays plays in the Superdome. Just last year was against a lot of <laughs> reserves to be fair but another good game for him Christian McCaffrey just I mean he doesn't have the huge uh, sparking numbers but just ridiculous some of the things he does that one run where he, there's like four guys just all standing there and no one really touches him before he gets in the end zone is he took like seven or eight steps I know Bob was mentioning that to me like it, he just took so many steps in that one little sequence to get in the end zone so he's still exciting fantasy wise fantasy MVP and all that good stuff but for the Panthers yeah too little too late for the Saints a huge win in terms of um, playoff positioning and I I don't think there's really much of a question at this point. If they had lost, I guess the Panthers would have been only a couple games back and it would have been a little more interesting. But overall, the division seems all but wrapped up. For them, it's more about getting a bye at this point. And uh, for the defense for the Saints, a little more concerning. We haven't seen them kind of play like this. So usually against better, uh, some of these teams that have come in there, their defense is 
looked a lot better than that. Um, we'll see what they do moving forward. But the offense found, like you said, with with Michael Thomas was clicking. They didn't run the ball quite as well or as many times maybe as I thought they would, uh, partially because Carolina kept scoring. I know if the Saints had built the lead, we probably would have seen Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara get a lot more carries than just 18 combined because they were rushing. Yeah. For, they were rushing for over six per carry. And as we've talked about many times, the Panthers defense, that's been an Achilles heel. And this one, their secondary that's been so good was getting thrashed. But no, there's not a lot of teams that are going to successfully defend Michael Thomas. I'll give them that. Uh, for the Panthers, DJ Moore, you know, kind of having the, the kind of week that um, Panther fans are hoping all season we'd see from this guy. I mean, he's a, I think he's a budding star. He's pretty young still. He's still got a lot of time. Yeah. But a lot, whenever the Panthers needed a big play, they were going to him. So uh, we'll see what they can do moving forward. But uh, you can't really have an, uh, a win or, sorry, a, a defeat where you feel really good about it. But for the Panthers, to see what your team's capable of against a top opponent, I, I would be at least um, happy from that from a Panthers fan that they didn't just go in here and get their uh, butts whooped. Yeah, at least you know you can be in the playoff race the rest of the way if you play like that. And, um, yeah. That's a situation where, again, if you play like that the rest of the way, you're going to have a chance to get in the playoffs. And um, it's just a matter of doing it. Like I said, are we going to see that same Kyle Allen? Are we going to see the same DJ Moore? Uh, that's what we'll wait and find out. And, and once again, I will argue that uh, for fantasy owners, drafting Christian McCaffrey this year, if, if you were put in the decision like I was to draft Saquon number one, Zeke, uh, Christian McCaffrey or, or Kamara, and you ultimately chose McCaffrey, I will tell you that it is probably the greatest fantasy draft pick <laughs> in the history of fantasy football. Um, you know, I don't care how long this game's been played. Uh, this was just, my goodness, this guy is ridiculous. So um, I think we know who will be the, uh, the number one pick next year. I don't think there's any doubt. So uh, anyways, <laughs> we move from that to, uh, to this. Oh, <laughs> Uh, this was kind of one of the headliners when we talked about just ugly games that just completely went sideways quick. Um, you called Jets, it. <laughs> well, I listen, I called the Jets winning this game because I said I just felt like it was one of those weird games where we're going to say, uh-oh, the Raiders are back. But I did not expect this to be 34-3 to where it just went completely opposite and the Raiders had no answer for anything um this was just awful for the Raiders I mean it was again if they had lost this game you know 24 to 17 I'm probably feeling okay you know I it would have been a tough game on the road Jets would have some confidence blah 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 but to lose this game 34 to 3 now you've got some serious concerns because is it a situation where it's just one of those games and you feel like the Raiders are going to bounce back I don't know Dylan because it's exactly what you said last week when we watched them play the Bengals and really sort of struggled to beat yep. the Bengals, now you're sitting here like you got to go to Kansas City, you got the Titans, you've still got to go to uh, play the Chargers and the Broncos. Ah, the Raiders just put themselves in a bad spot here. Yeah, man, it it was brutal to watch. <laughs> if I, if you're a Raiders fan, I can't imagine how frustrated you'd be watching this game. I was frustrated. I want, as I've said, it, I think it's more fun when the Raiders are in it and they're winning games. But this was uh, everything that you could have feared would have happened. I know the Jets have been hot, but again, they haven't really played anyone that good. This is easily out of their their three wins in a row here, the best one. Um, and but given how the Raiders played, I'm not sure if it should be because they didn't look like they were competitive at all at any point in this game. The offense was you know, struggling to block. I mean, this offensive line's been. Pretty solid all year, and they're letting this Jets front completely beat them almost every single time on the field. Nothing was really happening down the field. I know Darren Waller had a couple catches, but overall, it was just it was just ugly to watch on that side. And for the Jets, I know now I think it's something like five straight weeks 
where they scored a touchdown in their opening possession. Sam Darnold stays hot after that. You know, we think about that game against the Patriots where he's seeing ghosts and what he's been able to do. Yes, the Raiders' secondary has been brutal, and uh, we were saying this could be a decent fantasy play, but uh, it's still impressive to see, and you still have to feel encouraged given some of the things that happened early in the year for him. Uh, probably still, as we as we talked about a few times, too little too late for the Jets. They needed to just eke out a couple more of those wins before they got to this easy part of the schedule, but you know, there's a good chance that you know, they got the Do- uh, Bengals and Dolphins next. They could easily be 6-7 and seven, uh, going into that game against the Ravens on a Thursday night. So Thursday night, who knows? Weird things could happen. You win that one, you're feeling real good, so uh jets uh, still in the race i guess for the raiders that's a reality check you're going to play the chiefs next week i believe so uh, uh, man, if you lose that one uh, the, don't worry about the division but even just getting into the wild card game and uh, as a wild card team is going to be really tough um their secondary it's a big problem but even, no matter how many points they give up if they can't score more than three against the freaking jets <laughs> i'm sorry raiders are gonna have to wait till next year Yep, uh, I think their playoff hopes are in serious jeopardy now. With you compare their schedule, uh, and then you look at the Jets, like we said, who probably are going to have a good chance to get to 500, but then they're going to look back and say, what's that one game that really probably would have put us in the playoffs? And we know exactly what that was, <laughs> the Dolphins. The game they Those played against dolphins. the Dolphins. Yep, that's the one that really – that's just the one. I mean, that that is. They're going to look back and say that's a game. Because really, if they'd have won that game, there's and probably week, a good chance. Week one, they, they were up 16-0 on the Bills. That's that right. Yep, that's true. <laughs> you look back all the way to week one. So, yeah. Uh, another story. Many teams have been through it. What might have been. And uh, the Jets, <laughs> like you said, too little too late probably uh, for the playoff March uh, this season. So, uh, we'll see there. And then for the Raiders, quickly, you know, this Ian Rapport tweeted this out while we're recording here, actually. Hunter Redfro, who we've been really high on, we've said, look, this guy's really starting to be, you know, a, a big part of that offense passing game. Well, turns out he broke his rib and punctured his lung in the oh, game against God. the Jets, and it says that they don't really know how long he's going to be out. So that doesn't help matters at all. Mm-hmm. Um, everything for the Raiders is just uh, going the opposite way. Uh, lots of positive for them this year, but uh, this is not ideal. So, um, all right, <laughs> here's another game. Wow, this game was not what we expected. Um, I mean, we picked the winner. We said the Seahawks were going to win this game, but my goodness, this was ugly. The Seahawks win 17-9 over the Eagles. Um, This was just Carson Wentz. I mean, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying this, but I think it's probably hard to argue against it. it. It was probably his worst game of his NFL career. Like, he just was not good in this game. Uh, and as we've said many times, it's not like the Seahawks' defense is what it was, you know, mm-hmm. many years ago. This is a defense that's vulnerable, and you can do stuff against the Seahawks' defense. Like, you can score on them. Uh, you can map big plays. The, the Eagles didn't either. I mean, they scored nine points. And, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, no Alshon Jeffrey. That we've seen – that when he doesn't play, it's a different team, and we, yep. we've noted that before. Uh, so that probably does play a role here, but still, I mean, it was just, man, Carson Wentz, not one of those games you want to have when you're at a playoff race and you're trying to fight and battle. Uh, and the Seahawks really didn't play great, but mm-hmm. 17 points was enough to get the job done here. Yeah, I know the weather played a role, and you saw each. Yeah. I mean, each quarterback had a, t- a sure touchdown. It seemingly taken away by the wind, but there yeah. were there were just more throws throughout the game from Wentz. I know that the elements are one thing, but he had guys there and just wasn't getting the job done. I know, yeah, like you said, when Alshon's out on the field, he, and we didn't, he didn't have Aguilar. Obviously, Deshaun Jackson's still out, so uh, all the top three targets they came into the year wanting not on the field. That doesn't help, but that doesn't completely excuse some of the things Wentz did. It's it's been frustrating for the Eagles, given you know what you know what we've seen what this guy can be capable of when he's on top of his game 
and he has everything working around him. I, I know the offensive line's gone through a lot of injuries. It's been, been tougher for them as well. But this Seahawks team has not been able to defend anyone really well. Um, I, but for Seattle, I mean, this is partially why we picked them. I mean, at this point, you're, trust, you're trusting Russell Wilson. He didn't have one of his patent amazing games. But they, they just ran the ball all over Philly, and that was the most shocking thing for me. Um, you know, Philly's defense still playing really well overall. But, I mean, that 17 points is a little misleading, like we said, with that touchdown that was a sure thing where Wilson just kind of tried to lob it in and the wind just took it. They they ran 26 times for 174 yards. That's, that's not going to get it done for <laughs> an Eagles defense, which has prided itself in stopping the run and that's been one of their big strengths overall this year not getting it done against seattle and uh, now i mean yes the, the cowboys will get to them soon they lose as well so they're still right there where they need to be for the for the division race but you still wonder once they get if they do get to the playoffs if they find a way to work this what do they really have on offense that's going to be enough to beat some of these top teams i just don't see it at this moment and they I still have five weeks to find it but this was an opportunity to beat a pretty good team at home and really submit yourself right back there with dallas and the eagles just uh, almost it could have been another 17 10 loss 17 9 uh, back-to-back weeks now where they just have these good teams or they have a good chance to win and just don't get it done with the ball in their hands yep uh several weeks ahead here are big ones for the eagles uh, to try to make the playoffs uh, here at this point so we'll see what happens there uh, with that one, this next game, I think uh, I will say, was among those probably in the Bears, Giants, Steelers, Bengals category for me. Oh, it's Just thrilling, thrilling. Peter. Nothing, <laughs> yeah, nothing much to note here. You uh, was your upset of the week. You got it. Uh, the Redskins beat the Lions, nineteen to sixteen. I don't know what you say about this game. Um, I I really don't. Like, <laughs> I am at a loss for words. We've been doing this podcast for however many episodes now. This game, I know, is nineteen to sixteen, but this just feels like one of those probably least noteworthy games uh, of the season because there just was not a whole lot here to take away. Both Scarborough, I guess. I mean, we said, you know, it's almost like why has this guy not even been, you know, in having any involvement whatsoever because he does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he almost ran for hundred yards, had ninety eight. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's still learning. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I don't. I have nothing here. This game was just. I don't know. It, it came down to the lines not getting the job done in, in the in the red zone. I, they were able to, like you're saying, Bo Scar had a pretty good game. They were able to move the ball. They just were not converting drives, and it was. I mean, Jeff Driscoll had some games in certain moments like, wow, this guy can get some things done. And then he came back to yeah. reality here um, for, you know, for the Lions at the Redskins on that flip side. Yeah, they finally, you know, they get the first win for Dwayne Haskins. Uh, it's an amazing moment that just sums up the Redskins organization at this point in time when they have to knee, they have to put Case Keenum back in to get the final knee because Dwayne Haskins is taking a selfie with a fan. <laughs> I thought that was pretty amazing. Um, I mean, usually it wouldn't be that big of a deal, I think, but given that Keenum lost the job and all the stuff that's gone on in his career, since he, and then now with the Redskins, uh, it's probably going to add a little more drama to a, a win that, for their sake, I mean, all it does really is impact draft positioning. I don't think you take anything away from uh, what this what this game means for them moving forward. They're still really bad, still have a lot of problems, and they're just uh, lucky they face a Lions team without Stafford that doesn't really have anything to play for at this point. Yeah, so there you go. That's that's all we need to say uh, on the Redskins and the Lions. Uh, boom, there you go. Dylan said it best. I sure didn't. Uh, the afternoon games, uh, there was only two of them, as we know. Yeah. The Titans, finally, they do what you expect them to do, as uh, and they did a little bit more than that. 42-20 uh, to 20 went over the Jags. Uh, it was a dominant performance, as always, Derrick Henry. 
against the Jags here in Nashville. It's mm-hmm. always a, a dominant performance, as we remember from last year. He kept it going here, 19 carries, 159 yards, two touchdowns. He had two touchdowns in less than 20 seconds. I think he was the first player mm-hmm. in a while. We, we did it's the article like, on that. It was that. like LT in t- 2006, I want to say. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's been a long time. And uh, so, he's, <laughs> I mean, it was just that kind of day for the Jags. As we've said, I mean, this Jags defense, nowhere near what it was a couple of years ago, no. you know, not even to the level of last year, which it was down a little bit last year. But this team is very vulnerable, as we know, uh, in terms of especially, you know, what they've given up against Derrick Henry. Um, I, I mean, A.J. Brown had another good game. Ryan Tannehill played well. This is a Titans team that can win. Like, they can beat good teams when they play like this. Mm-hmm. It's just you don't ever know if you're going to get that from them. But as we say, now they're sitting here uh, in this spot where Texans are seven and four, Colts are six and five, Titans are six and five. Uh, they're giving themselves a chance, and we are in full on AFC South mode uh, here with the five <laughs> games to go in the season. Yeah, because I mean they still have a game against the Colts left, and then two against the Texans. So everything is right in front of them to to take this division. Uh, as as we know, though, like you're saying, week in week out, who knows what version of this team we're going to get? Defense at certain times didn't look as strong as it uh, could have, but it, really the game had been put away at that point. That sequence to start the half i mean they scored you know yes the two touchdowns for henry in under 20 seconds but they scored four touchdowns in like eight and a half minutes it was absurd the game was just suddenly went from a, a close one to a one that's completely over at that point uh, derrick henry really trying to carry my uh, two fantasy teams that he's on so props <laughs> to him for that for the Jaguars, I mean, yeah, it's, it's funny looking back. Uh, their defense was saying Saxonville's back when they got those back-to-back wins against the Bengals and and the Jets, and now now we've you know <laughs> their their wins. Uh, yes, they beat the Titans early this year, but they they, they beat those two teams and the Broncos. They don't really have. Uh, four impressive wins. Nick Foles continued to look pretty, pretty abysmal since coming back. Uh, you know, overall his numbers weren't terrible by the end of the game, but he's still not really the guy that uh, Jacksonville probably thought they were getting going into the season. That's it's a lot different system than what he had in Philadelphia and the weapons there. So we'll see if Foles is able to respond. But at this point for the Jags, it's kind of a you know, had the moments early in the year where it's like, oh, we have good young talent, even if we don't do anything this year. Wow, we'll have Gardner Minshew still here, and we got Foles. And over the last few weeks against better teams, we have not seen them play too well so i'm not sure they're kind of a, a organization in limbo at this point the titans so maybe they found something with Tannehill. the guy just continues to win the games i know he only threw the ball 18 times but he had a, almost a perfect passer rating so can't really yep. ask him to do much more and i think as long as he's out there making some of the throws if they can derrick henry can at least produce it at, at somewhere close to this level the titans will have a shot to get in the playoffs still yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, the Titans were arguably one of the most exciting teams of the week in terms of how they played. Uh, and surprisingly, it had nothing to do with these two. Um, the Patriots and the Cowboys uh, were not exciting in any sense. <laughs> uh, the Patriots win this game 13-9. to We did say going in, we knew the weather was going to be a factor, and it certainly was in terms of how these two teams played. Uh, it just it was an ugly game. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Uh, neither offense can get going. I think, but I think partly it was due to the weather, but it was also just partly due to just not playing great on that mm-hmm. side of the ball. Um, so uh, you have to add both elements in there. But 
I, I still think this is a game. You know, we talk about teams looking around and saying these are games that we're really going to look back on and say, man, we had every chance to win mm-hmm. that game. I think this is a situation for the Cowboys because, again, the Patriots' offense has not played well in recent weeks. No. Um, Tom Brady's made it clear. I mean, he's, he has been outspoken. I mean, he has said it. that They're just not playing to the level they want to play. And for the Cowboys, they had their opportunities here. But once again, as has been the case all season long, it is a defensive play for the Patriots that ultimately yep. swings the momentum and sort of gives them a chance to to win the game. And sure enough, that's what happened again here. Yeah, that block punt setting up their one touchdown. Otherwise, yes, the Patriots missed a couple of field goals and the elements certainly played into that. So you, they could have put up more points than 13. But I, still my biggest takeaway at this point when I look at this game, I'm not really thinking of the Cowboys as a Super Bowl contender at the moment. The Patriots, I am very much, but I'm absolutely concerned. Yes, the elements are, impacted both offenses, but still to only put up 13 and have one of them aided by that block punt against this Dallas defense, which has struggled so much. It's just a really question what the Patriots – uh, their defense can carry them maybe all the way to a Super Bowl win. They, I mean, they did carry them in the Super Bowl last year, so that's uh, it's not out of the question at all. But the offense, it's 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 really ugly to watch. I, I saw, I forgot who tweeted out. They're saying like if the coachings were flipped, what would have Belichick done? He probably would have yeah, double teamed Edelman. That was really only the only guy that had much going on for them yeah. over the middle. And so if you do that, who knows what you know? The coaching probably impacted the uh, f- final score of this game quite a bit. Not not just given what Dallas has done on special teams, but I mean, I, I you know. I get like your seven yards has not been easy to come by all game but you know when they're down by seven rare at the end of the game and kick that field goal first of all your chances of making the kick in the elements are much lower than they usually would be and who knows if you're going to get the ball down this this far again I mean that was their probably their best chance to score a touchdown they don't even uh, really go for it Uh, it's just I don't know man it's it's brutal to watch and for the Cowboys still they continue to really struggle against good teams if they beat the Bills uh, good for you guys on on Thanksgiving I know the Bills (laughs) eight and three that look like a really good win but still they they just have not come rose into the occasion against some of these uh good teams and once they get to the playoffs it's going to be a real big problem if they get to the playoffs that is because it is not a guarantee with uh, some of the games they have left um right now i mean if if philly was on top of the game like we expected them to be it wouldn't even they'd probably be back by a game or two but instead here they are still in first place um sitting you know ahead or you know at the division but if if they were in the had to be in the wild card race it would not look really pretty because the wild card spots in the nfc are really hard to come by yeah cowboys not gonna win many games when Amari Cooper doesn't have a catch. Like, it's just, it's it's not, they're not going to win games that way. And um, we saw that. I mean, that he was, yeah, yeah, shut out. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, he had zero receptions, zero yards, only on two targets. So, uh, Stephon Gilmore, once again, the man, I mean, again, go back to Buffalo. I mean, my goodness. Talking about the (laughs) the Bills, be Super Bowl favorites right now. Um, Yeah, there you go. Patriots win another game, and uh, it was my game of the week. It was not the game of the week, uh, that's for sure. So mine wasn't uh, either, though. So well, we're, <laughs> we'll we're going to get right to now. my worst pick of the week here in just a second because uh, we wrap up with this game uh, that was my upset of the week, and boy, that turned out well, didn't it? Uh, I've you know I felt really good in the past couple weeks. I think I've nailed some of these uh, yep. upsets, but uh, this was not one of those as. The 49ers, uh, who continue to make me look silly when I pick against them sometimes, which I've gotten better at that, uh, 37-8 over the Packers, who I thought would somehow use Aaron Rodgers' magic to make something happen here. That did not happen, as the 49ers controlled this game from start to finish. They're up 23 to nothing at halftime, cruised the entire way, and uh, there is no doubt at this point that, uh, I mean, 
I don't know, Dylan. We we can have this discussion maybe once we get uh, you know to our picks this week or as we look ahead. But when you compare what the 49ers are doing to you know what the the Saints are doing, what the Patriots are doing, mm-hmm. uh, we we're you know the Ravens. We'll talk about. I think I think many would say the Ravens in terms of just the way they're playing. They could be considered just yeah. you know certainly one of the hottest teams. And the fun mm-hmm. part about that is we're going to get those two in yeah. Week 13. So. I mean, really, you know, when you think about it, what the 49ers are doing right now, you can make the argument that they're the best team in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know last week they barely beat the Cardinals, so that that has some people still thinking, you know, maybe they're not quite as good, but uh, it's a pretty big statement to do what they did against Aaron Rodgers. Yes, maybe some of the underlying stats showed us that the Packers weren't quite a, as good as an 8-2 team you'd expect, but still thought they'd be put up a bigger fight than this. I thought they'd be able to run the ball much better against San Francisco's defense. They did not at all, and it was, it was really crazy to watch. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, very rarely, I think they said it was uh, his lowest yards per attempt of his career, something like 3.5, 3.8. It was it was brutal to watch uh, from a terms of the Packers standpoint. From the Niners, it's a thing of beauty. I mean, no one was open. The secondary was on top of their game. The defensive line was wreaking havoc. Yes, the Balaga injury helps them, but nonetheless, I don't think it really mattered. This defensive line on the front for the 49ers is just, it's second to none in terms of its depth from, you know, from top to bottom and all four guys out there. They're so easily able to create pressure without bringing more than four people i know they had the on the fumble they they did have a blitz but nonetheless uh overall they just generate so much pressure and that gives so much uh helps the secondary so much they're able to kind of they don't really have to worry about guys running past them too often because there's not gonna be a lot of time to throw and they were sitting in some of these routes nothing was really working i think it was i think it was five yeah i looked it up five three and outs in that first half for the packers and that does not include the first drive when they fumbled only after they got a first down thanks to a penalty so it, it was uh it was just brutal to watch from the flip side jimmy garoppolo continues to play well at Packers secondary has been pretty solid this year and Garoppolo and when he gets the chances he's he's making the most of them the last few weeks even when they lost to Seattle he had some uglier moments but I still think his incur- his improved play is really encouraging in terms of uh, matching this team up with some of the top ones in the NFC NFC is still going to be a lot tougher um, given you know the Saints like you're saying where they're at and Seahawks so we, we see what Russell Wilson is able to do if their defense keeps playing better they're going to be a huge threat but the 49ers you can't be much happier after uh, 4-12 year last year which uh, yes the uh, the, you know they could have been much better if Grappa was healthy and there's some yep. other little uh, things where they're still one of the best term, uh, teams in terms of early down success rate we're seeing it all coming together now and uh, no one wants to face them and no one wants to face the Ravens so yeah that, that game next week is going to be a lot of fun I know people are already saying like that could that be a possible Super Bowl preview a lot of yep. things to work out from both sides but uh, you can probably make a good argument that those are the teams that are playing the two best uh, football at this point yeah, I think if you're the Packers, you just hope you don't have to go back to uh, to California to play in the playoffs because <laughs> what they did against the Chargers, now what they've yep. done against the 49ers, uh, just hope that they're not, you know, which is probably not oh. going to happen. They're not going to be going to play the Rams, I don't think. Um, no. But they just better hope they don't have to go back to uh, San Francisco for the playoffs uh, because they have not looked good in that well, state. Yeah, the playoffs too. They got to make sure they get in. I mean, this this That's is a true. loss that they got some easy games coming up, so they should be able to cruise yeah. a couple wins before the end of their schedule. But nonetheless, yeah, the Vikings are sitting right there, and then you get into that wild card race. Uh, okay. If they, it will go a long way towards them getting in, if the Rams lose tonight. But uh, I, I know tiebreaker wise, already you know trying to find ways for the Rams to possibly get in. It could work out because the Rams have uh, or would if everyone kind of like won the games they should, and Rams get one of those wins against Seattle or the 49ers, they will have a better conference record. Record, which would end up because they don't play each other could end up being the difference so a lot of things still in play here it's not it's not a, a foregone conclusion that the Packers even get in but we'll see what happens <laughs>
Yeah, so there you go. Uh, that wraps up our look uh, at this week's action. Uh, if you want our thoughts on the Ravens and the Rams, uh, you can find that on a previous episode. Uh, we will wrap up, as we always do, this time of the week with a look at the fantasy football waiver wire. And, Dylan, uh, the fun part is there are no buys left. And so <laughs> I guess, you know, in that sense, the way I approach it now, obviously, I'm you know, I'm not saying I'm the greatest fantasy player in the world, but – because there are no buys left, I mean, there's really not a lot of spots you're mm-hmm. going to look at and say, I've got to have this person or that person um, because, you know, you're, you're probably not going to be starting any of these guys. And, and even, I don't know, I mean, I guess, let's take, for instance, a guy like, you know, A.J. Brown for the Titans. I mean, he's someone that we've seen has, has had nice games, but are mm-hmm. you really putting him, if you're fighting for the playoffs in your fantasy league, are you going to put A.J. Brown in there and just confidently yeah. play him? Probably <laughs> not. not. Confidently. <laughs> no, and the same goes for someone like Rashad Penny. Yes, he had a big game. Uh, yes, that was great. Good job. But <laughs> do you still feel certain that you're going to plug in Rashad Penny against the Vikings or the Rams <laughs> and be like, oh, well, he's going to outcarry Chris Carson? No, you don't have any idea. So I think this is a really hard week to to Mm -hmm. find that because this is to that point to where there are no buys. This is the final week of the regular season for a lot of leagues. And so you're you're sitting there looking at your roster construction. You probably shouldn't have to plug in guys like this. And, you know, looking at some of the other ones that have been suggested, like Benny Snell, I'm not touching the Steelers' backfield right now because you don't. I mean, we were all expecting, you know, Curtis Samuels to or mm-hmm. to, to get all Jalen Samuels to get all the carries, and that didn't happen. So, I I don't know the waiver wire. Don't I'm just saying, don't go crazy this week on the waiver wire and start making 18 different moves. Even if you're in a must-win scenario, I don't really look at this and say there's one guy out there that's going to win me a spot in the playoffs because I there's just you know everybody else is pretty much owned at this point. Yeah, I'm trying to take a look here. I mean, yeah, I, I guess uh, the one thing you're thinking of is maybe if your quarterback somehow gets hurt. I know a few years yeah. back or a couple years back, Carson Wentz on his way to an MVP tears his ACL, and then you got to adjust at that point to someone else. So there's in terms of options there. I mean, if Stafford came back, I don't think for the Lions' point, point of view that would really make much sense. Yeah. But if he does, I mean, that would be a decent play on the quarterback side. Um, like Phillip even Rivers, Kyle I'm Allen. not really sure. Kyle like, Allen, yeah. Yeah. He plays the Redskins and then the Falcons. There but you go. Are, are we still, though, like are we to that point to where I'm going to put my playoff spot <laughs> no. on the line with Kyle Allen as my quarterback? I don't think so. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to find, I mean, the, the guys maybe I'd rely on that are under 50% owned. And by rely, I mean if you're weak at this spot and you're like, well, it's better than what I have and you can get them still. Uh, these guys are all kind of close, just under 50% owned in ESPN League, so they might be owned already. But um, receiver-wise, I mean, Robbie Anderson and has gotten a lot yeah. more targets lately. The Jets keep playing bad teams coming up, so that could be a decent play. Debo Samuel, uh, it appears he's got his role defined a little bit better by the 49ers. Uh, but after that, receiving-wise, like you're saying, is not a ton of, ton Cole of names. Beasley. Cole Beasley. Cole baby. Beasley, baby. Yeah, finally got one. You know, he always gets the receptions in some of those red zone targets, so good for him. But I, I still don't think that's someone you're going to feel co- really confident about. Same with James Washington. A lot of these guys that had decent weeks, so you know, still week-to-week thing. I think out of the receivers left, Anderson and Samuel I trust the most. Running back-wise, Bo Scarborough, just under 50%. So I guess you could do that if you're really not feeling great about your running backs. And I know uh, not everyone probably in a, some of these deeper leagues are, but at that point, I, I think he start, was started by some 
someone in our league this week. So uh, if you're in a deeper league, it's probably tough pickings anyway. It's, it's going to get to the point yeah. where whatever you've done to this point is going to be what makes you. Uh, Jonathan Williams, maybe. He's uh, depending on max status and all that. Uh, his role, it seems like he's going to be the number one guy. So if you if you try to get Hines like myself, or um, <laughs> the, I'm blanking on the third running back, but if you try to get those guys, it looks like Jonathan Williams has firmly taken down that number one role. So he could be a decent player running back. The only ones I'll say, there are two players, and this guy is literally probably a one-week scenario because they play the Patriots the next week. This yeah. week, the Chiefs play the Raiders. Darrell Williams is out there everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. You know, injury situations with Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. True. So that is one I would probably prioritize over the rest. Like, I mean, I would prioritize him over Rashad Penny. Like, I just can't trust the seat. Yeah. Like, you, you just don't know what you're going to get. So um, if you know that Darrell Williams is going to be plugged in, either as the number one or the number two in the Chiefs offense, like, he's going to get work. And so mm-hmm. I would look at him and say, that's fine. The other one, this may be the lock. Like, this may be the one to go for at the tight end position, we've talked all season long about how terrible it's been, and you just don't know what you're going to get. David Joku is back, baby, and he didn't play against, you know, he didn't play this week, but he's ready to go apparently and ready to be plugged back in. Ooh. They listen to the schedule Steelers, Bengals, Cardinals. Like, if you're sitting in a championship in fantasy football and you have the person going up against the Cardinals at tight end, you probably already won. Like, you, he's probably going to get you 50 <laughs> points, and the, and it's over. Like, you win the league thanks to David and Joke. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Uh, you probably should have held off on that information for our league because now I might make a play for him. No, I feel pretty good with my tight ends, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that, uh, given the situation, like you're saying, is probably the one that makes the most sense, uh, even given over, over the other positions, especially tight end, where you're not really, unless you have some of these top four or five guys, you're not really feeling great any given week. And Njoku, we've seen when he's out there what he can do. Um, in, t- in terms of I'm looking at some of these defenses, some of the matchups they have, I guess there there's some ones you could get. I mean, the, the Colts, I'm not sure how much you trust them against the Titans, given what we just saw last week. Definitely not trusting the Raiders against anyone. I don't care how weak their competition is. Um, obviously, Jets. Kansas City next week is not going to – you'd have to be in the playoffs maybe against the Jags. I don't know. So, now it's kind of slim pickings even on that end. I, I know the Eagles defense has played a lot better, so maybe depending on their matchups. Uh, but I'm, like, trying to quickly grab these. They play Miami next week, so that could be – the Eagles against the Miami could be a decent play on defense. Otherwise, yeah, you're – at this point, uh, as we said, if you're not – if you don't have the guys you need on your roster, it's no. really uh, not a whole lot you can do. <laughs> If you're relying on the Eagles' defense against the Dolphins or the Jets' defense against the Bengals, you're probably not in a great spot. Um, <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I think the Jets actually probably not a bad play in that scenario. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, if, if Andy Dalton's back, though, maybe not. We'll see. Um, all right, that wraps it up. As you can tell, be smart about this. Don't go drop half your roster for Week 13 waiver wire ads because uh, don't 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 do that. Like, just stick with the guys that have got you there. Uh, don't don't go crazy. So, uh, all right, that does wrap it up, Dylan. Uh, as usual, uh, let everybody know where they can find all of our great NFL stuff there over at Clutch Points. Yeah, all of our NFL content at ClutchPoints.com under the NFL tab. You can look up scoring information on each team, stats, standings, all sorts of stuff. 
And in addition to all our news articles, you can sort it by team, but also there's the whole full sections with all of our NFL news content. Editorials are sorted out as well. You can find fantasy football content by searching fantasy football on the website. Still working towards getting that section on the site probably by next season. So that's all good stuff. We've had more people subscribing to the app. We appreciate that. So yeah, on the NFL section of the app, you can follow the games live. You can interact with other fans. You can see all the plays and analysis kind of as the games happen. There's news sections there, all stats, all sorts of stuff. So we'll have a, a playoff uh, tree kind of coming out pretty soon, I believe, in the app as well as we do each season. So a lot of good stuff. Yeah, for the podcast, well, all of our four of our Clutch Points podcasts under the podcast tab on the website. You can find them all, Apple, uh, you know, Spotify, SoundCloud, all these at Google Play, any place you listen to these pods. Uh, if you if you have some sort of outlet that we don't know about or don't use as often that you need, <laughs> that you want it to add added to, we can, we can do that as well. So appreciate all the listeners and uh, all, all the uh, readers as well. Uh, exciting here with, you know, yes, the, the slate maybe wasn't the best one, but uh, five weeks now left in the regular season. It's going to be fun to watch these playoff races as we go down to the wire. Yep. Everyone who put all their money on the Falcons and Bucks over, go spend your money now. Get those uh, Christmas presents uh, early. Uh, that way you can get them just on the over from uh, that uh, game right there and all our other great betting advice from this week, uh, which turned out to be not the best, but uh, that's okay. We hope for better games uh, this upcoming week. So that'll wrap up uh, this episode. As Dylan said, go check everything out at Clutch Points, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast.